From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. Thanks for tuning the WIA National News Broadcast for week commencing May 22. The Australian Federal Government on Wednesday morning claimed it had made history after it officially launched live services on its flagship national broadband network project on the mainland in a ceremony attended by Prime Minister Julia Gillard and Communications Minister Stephen Conroy. The northern New South Wales city of Armidale has had a number of residents connected to the NBN already for about a month, with a number of locals reporting in mid-April that their connections had gone live with early entrance service providers such as Primus and IINet connecting customers up. However, the NBN's mainland launch had not, until Wednesday, received its formal send-off. Armadale is one of five first release sites where the NBN is rolling out on mainland Australia. The other sites of Kiama Downs and Minamurra in New South Wales, Townsville, Queensland, Wollonga, South Australia and in Victoria, Brunswick will begin offering services progressively over the coming months. Read the full story on the web, just Google Delimiter. ABC Radio News in Tasmania have reported on a University of Tasmania team which has won out over dozens of other international proposals to access the new Australian square kilometre away Pathfinder radio telescope currently under construction in WA. Professor John Dickey, head of the School of Mathematics and Physics, leads a team which will map the interstellar medium and analyse the structure of the Milky Way and the life cycle of stars. It's radio as you know it, plus Joan Warner, CEO Commercial Radio Australia, will speak on digital radio at this week's Radcoms Conference in Sydney, 26-27 of May, alongside other featured speakers such as Senator the Honourable Stephen Conroy, Minister for Broadband Communications and Digital Economy. The conference presents a unique opportunity to hear about the latest developments in Spectrum and offers open forums to exchange ideas with radio communications professionals across industry and government. Hams across Australia. We're going to VK1 first of all. Whisper, whisper quiet. On the 25th of May, the general meeting presentation will include the topic WSPR 101, an introduction to weak signal propagation reporter. Ian Stevenson, VK1HOW, has agreed to give a presentation on WSPR with a demonstration of hardware and software application to enable users to participate in WSPR digital technology. 14th and 15th of May, CRARC ran a foundation licence course in Canberra with three candidates for the course and one for an upgrade to advanced level. Yes, it's congratulations to Bruce Stewart, Jonathan Terry and Dennis Stanton for successfully completing the course and well done to Ian Stevenson for upgrading to advanced level. CRARC run regular foundation licence courses and upgrade assessments every two months at Mount Mugger Scout Hall. Their next foundation course will be the weekend of the 16th and 17th of July and upgrade assessments on the Sunday. VK2 Trash and Treasure at VK2WI Next Sunday, the 29th, is the Trash and Treasure event at the VK2WI Dural site. Commencing at 9.30am, it will be followed in the early afternoon by the Homebrew and Experimenters Group meeting. 
Also, in the morning, there will be the usual licence assessments. Those wishing to undertake an assessment should attend by 10am. Further information may be obtained on the Amateur Radio New South Wales website or by telephoning, and I'll give you their direct number to ARNSW, 02-9651-1490. I will say that again. It's 02-9651-1490. In VK4, news from the Queensland Digital Group and ATV Group and again from Atherton. News from the Queensland Digital Group, Alan VK4NA informs us that the QDG is still growing and now has 53 members spread over five countries. The club's website and monthly newsletter DigiPete continue to interest both amateur and non-amateur alike. Brisbane area members meet on the third Friday of the month for a chat and occasional lecture. Just Google Queensland Digital Group for details. And amateur television is alive and well in Brisbane. South East Queensland ATV members, they meet in Brisbane on the first Friday of the month. Join them for good company, good food, and again, Google South East Queensland ATV Group for the details. At the April TREC meeting, Ron Goodhu, VK4EMF, gave an update on the historical radio station XQA. Now, XQA was the first amateur station in VK4. It will now be on permanent display at the Mariba Heritage Museum on the Atherton Tablelands. Ron has been instrumental in acquiring and setting up this fascinating display of the first licensed amateur station in Queensland. It's a Spark Gap station and was operated by Marcus Brims in Mariba way back in 1914. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the top end, it can be heard on repeater 6900 and on HF on 3.555, 7 and 10.130 MHz at 9am local time. I'm Spud, VK8ZWM. Radio in your inbox. VK1WIA. Now podcasting to the world. International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. NYC Alert. Smartphone and other GPS-enabled mobile device users in New York City will be the first in the United States to receive emergency alerts on their handsets. This with word that the new FCC-inspired Personal Localised Alerting Network, or PLAN system, will be inaugurated in the Big Apple by the end of the year. Once in operation, it will deliver geographically targeted text messages to GPS-enabled cellular telephones. The new system will be used for just three types of alerts. There are ones issued by the President, alerts of a life-threatening incident, and amber alerts in search of kidnapped or missing children. Participating carriers can opt out of all but the presidential alerts. Still in the USA, as weather clears in southeast, hams continue support. Even though the storms that raged through southeast USA have long gone, the damage and heartache they left in their wake are still present. In Alabama, the state that felt the biggest brunt of the storms, hams have made their way to fire stations, emergency operations centres and shelters, anywhere that they're told they're needed. Calling it his first experience with an EF5 tornado, ARRL Southeastern Division Director W4OZK said that the devastation is mind-boggling. Aris successfully provided a massive amount of critical communications, got repeaters back on the air with no utility power. It took five days before significant utility power was restored. 
Telecommunications companies in Israel have tapped into a growing cell phone market with the creation of kosher mobile phones. Kosher phones block access to services which are not approved by ultra-Orthodox rabbis such as erotic phone services and text messaging between members of the opposite sex. These devices do not have SMS, they don't have data, they don't have internet, they don't have a camera and they don't have a radio. These devices are for speech only. And apparently there's a market in the world which is interested in a speech only device. Bletchley Park Enigma Exhibition. If you're visiting the UK, listen up. Bletchley Park Trust has opened a new exhibition commemorating the 70th anniversary of the capture of an Enigma machine and codebooks from German U-Boat 110 that took place 70 years ago. The exhibition contains photographs of the capture and it's the first time all known photos have been exhibited together at the same time. The exhibition tells the full story, including many of the details that appeared in the best-selling book on the capture of the Enigma code. SOTA passes millionth QSO. Some big news for hams who like to operate portable off tall rocks called mountains. Here's Jeremy Bucci, 4NJH, with the details. Summits on the air recently passed a significant milestone with its millionth QSO being made over the recent holiday period. SOTA started in 2002 and has now grown into a worldwide award scheme with 55 associations across the world and about 44,000 qualifying summits. I'm Jeremy Boots, G4NJH. For more information on the scheme, check out the Internet at www.sota.org.uk. Amateur station W8BAA, located at the Veterans Administration Hospital in Brecksville, Ohio, fell silent on April 29 after at least 50 years of service to veterans. The Brecksville VA Hospital operations are being moved to the main Cleveland VA Hospital, and the Brecksville Radio Club equipment is being transferred to the radio room at that facility. The club call at the main hospital is WA8VA. Amateur Radio's Mr. Audio, Bob Heil, K9EID, will be hosting a new weekly HD video webcast about our hobby titled Ham Nation. According to Bob, each week's Ham Nation will feature interesting guests as they discuss the many fascinating aspects of the hobby. The show premieres on May 24th and will have famed rock guitarist Joe Walsh, WB6ACU, and broadcast facility designer Dave Jennings, WJ6W, as Bob's special guests. Jennings is one of the hosts of the Amplitude Modulation International Net that meets every Wednesday on 3870 kHz. Ham Nation will air Tuesday evenings at 9 Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, and 6 Pacific on Leo Laporte's TWIT TV Internet Network. To tune in, please take your web browser to live.twit.tv and join the fun. These stories from the RSGB and from the Amateur Radio Newsline were on the web at www.arnewsline.org. And I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. You're tuned to VK1WIA. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News on Felix VK4FUQ. Special events and on-air contest column, Dateline 2011. August 20 and 21, Worldwide IWLW. A milestone for the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. The 200th entry has been received from Jason Schlenker. VK4FJGS, who will be at the Sea Hill Point Lighthouse on the tip of Curtis Island off central Queensland. Also adding excitement is a new country, Azerbaijan, 
which will see the Epps Heron Lighthouse take to the air under the call sign 4J0LH. Usually there are about 50 countries and last year we had a record 447 entries. The basic objective is to promote awareness of lighthouses and lightships, their need for preservation, promotion of amateur radio and international goodwill. Germany has 34 registrations so far this year, just ahead of the USA and Australia on 28 each, followed by England, Netherlands and Sweden. There are many more accessible and yet to be activated lighthouses around the world. The 48-hour fun event is always held on the third weekend of August, which this year means August the 20th and 21st. Check out the details on the website iwlw.net. Special event stations DX and Beacon and Advice to start its to Adelaide and VK5KC. The Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society was approached by a group named 1912, the event. This group is commemorating the 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic in April 1912. They wanted a Morse code operator for their displays, the first of which is on May 31st, 6.30 to 9.30pm at the Adelaide Arcade. This is 100 years from the launch of the Titanic. One of our members, Doc VK5 Bravo Uniform Golf, took up the challenge. Doc is an excellent CW operator, but will measure his speed to match his contact's ability. The club have obtained the call VK5 Mike Golf Yankee from the ACMA. Mike Golf Yankee was the call of the Titanic. The call will be in use for the next 12 months and we will produce a QSL card for contacts. Keep your ear out for VK5 Mike Golf Yankee on the bands for the next 12 months. Check out the event website www.1912theevent.com That's 1912theevent.com This has been David VK5 Kilo Charlie, President of the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society. That website again is 1912theevent.com May, Monaco 3A Monaco Telegraphy Group activates 3A2 CWG during the month of May in celebration of its 20th anniversary, QSL via 3A2LF. Calling will open day June 4. On the air, the United Kingdom Royal Naval Amateur Radio Society will run a special event station on the HMS Collingwood on Saturday, June the 4th. The call sign to be used is GB6COD, which stands for Collingwood Open Day. The station will be operational on all amateur bands from 1.8 MHz through 440 MHz. The Society Headquarters Station will also be open for viewing from 9.30am to 6pm the same day. The Open Day will also feature the Royal Navy Field Gun Competition. July. Hellenic Amateur Radio Association of Australia out to Lord Howe Island, VK9HR. 24th July to 2nd of August 2011. Get this? Get the Keep Your Doll. On the 7th of May 2011, a new beacon was switched on in Bloemfontein to test NAVIS conditions from Central Free State. The beacon operates on 7027 kHz running 50 milliwatts into a dipole antenna 6 metres above the ground. The purpose of the new beacon is to test propagation conditions from Central South Africa. The antenna in use is set up for NVIS conditions. NAVIS is the acronym for Near Vertical Incident Skywave 
It is a radio wave propagation method that provides usable signals in the range between ground wave and sky wave distances, usually between 50 to 650 kilometres. The radio waves travel upwards into the ionosphere, where they are refracted back down and can be received within a circular region up to 650 kilometres from the transmitter. If the frequency is too high, refraction fails to occur, and if it is too low, absorption reduces the signal strength. The usable frequencies for NVIS communications are between 1.8 and 15 MHz. The beacon sends out the following message in an endless loop in CW at 5 words per minute. VVVDEZS4BOT slash B KG30BV The beacon's position is KG30BV. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide, it can be heard on VK5RAD 147FM at 9am local every Sunday morning. I'm Bob, VK5NZ. Who was Edward Branley? Edward Branley, born in 1844 and died in 1940, was one of the earliest pioneers of radio, but is largely unknown outside of his native France. Branley's experiments in 1889 and 90 with the Coherer receiver, arguably the earliest practical radio receiver, was credited by the later British receiver pioneer Oliver Lodge and was further developed by Marconi and then replaced by crystal detectors and other things. Indeed, Marconi's first wireless transmission across the English Channel in 1899 sent a greeting and credit to Branley. The Cahira was a digital device, relying on the welding of minute particles of iron where the electromagnetic radiation broke through the oxide, thus caused a sudden reduction in the conductivity of the Cahira. In this respect, it was a digital receiver, in the same way that Morse code is a digital mode. Branley realised the necessity to strike or vibrate the Cahira to break apart the particles. Lodge perfected the technique, Marconi employed it. Branley was trained as a physicist at the Sorbonne University in Paris, earning a doctorate for studies into electrostatic phenomena in batteries. He later trained as a physician, earning a doctorate for studying haemoglobin concentration in blood, before returning to practical physics as a professor of the new Catholic University, or Université Catholique, of Paris. Branley participated in early radio experiments from the Eiffel Tower in the late 1890s. He did not file any patent and freely distributed his coherers or Branley tubes to all who requested them, concentrating on the improvement of its sensitivity and stability. Nevertheless, his technology was overtaken by crystals and then valves and transistors. Branley was twice proposed for a Nobel Prize in physics in 1904 and 1915, but radio was acknowledged in 1909 for Marconi and Braun. In 1911, amidst open controversy, Branley was elected to the French Academy of Sciences in a contest against Marie Curie. The next year, he refused Marconi's offer to be a technical advisor to a Marconi company. During World War I, Branley served as a military engineer, including developing an infrared telegraph for secret communications. Even after formal retirement from the Catholic University, Branley was an active experimenter into his early 90s, using a laboratory built for him at the Institut Catholique by a benefactor. 
and he was honoured variously, including a visit in 1934 by the mother of then US President Roosevelt. He published his last paper in 1935 at age 91, describing a medical thermometer using nickel in the bulb. He died in 1940, his funeral at the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, attended by the French president. Valet Edward Branley, 1844 to 1940, Radio Pioneer. This history spot for National Radio News, I'm Peter VK1PE. Almost at the end of the WIA National News Service for week commencing the 22nd of May 2011, time to look at special interest groups and wireless weather. Beginning Tuesday, September 6, the Space Weather Prediction Centre will cease broadcasting its geophysical alert message on WWV and WWVH. These messages have informed listeners of the solar flux, the space weather storms, current and predicted, and currently the message is heard on Minute 18 from WWV and Minute 45 from WWVH. However, the information will still be available on the SWPC website. In special interest groups The Final Frontier, Space Shuttle Commander Mark Kelly and his five crewmates, three of whom are licensed radio amateurs, are on the International Space Station after launching from NASA's Kennedy Space Center Monday. The STS-134 mission is the penultimate orbiter flight and the final one for shuttle endeavour. Kelly's crewmates are pilot Greg Johnson and mission specialists Mike Fink, KE-5AIT, Drew Furstel, Greg Champatoff, KD5PKZ, and Roberto Vittori, IZ6ERU, of the European Space Agency. Roberto, IZ6ERU, will be the last international astronaut to fly aboard a shuttle. Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA, 50 years of IOTA. 2014 marks the 50th anniversary of the launch of the Islands on the Air program by British shortwave listener Jeff Watts. As a build-up to celebrations on this occasion, the RSGB Islands on the Air Manager and Committee have announced an exciting activity period in which all licensed amateurs worldwide are invited to participate. For a two-year period during 2012 and 2013, Islands on the Air chasers are encouraged to contact as many different IOTA groups as possible. Also, for hams so inclined to play their part by operating from as many groups as possible, with special emphasis on the less frequently activated ones. The complete rules of the Islands on the Air 50th Anniversary Marathon will appear in the forthcoming RSGB IOTA directory, which is being released this weekend at the Dayton Hamvention. Finally on the social scene, 2011. Let's run through a few dates. Of course, it's the WIA AGM weekend in Darwin, May 27-29. June 10 to 12, in VK2, it's the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's annual field day. July 16, VK3, Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest. July 16, in VK4, Merribra Electronics and Radio Group's Wide Bay Hamfest. July 31, VK23, Riverina Field Day. That'll happen at 10am at Lavington Scout Group Hall. August 7 in VK2, the big one on the north coast of New South Wales, it's Lismore Region's Sark Fest. September 11, VK3, SAA, sorry, SADARC's Comms Day at St Augustine's Hall at Shepparton at 10 o'clock. September 16 to 18 in VK4 is the North Queensland Amateur Radio Convention in Townsville. 
September 23, 28, Region 3's ARDF Championship in VK3. And September 30 through October 2 in VK4, Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM at Camp Fairburn. And finally, November 20, VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest at Goodwood. That does take us to the end of WIA National News for another week. I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.